Hello and welcome to a feral episode of Hollywood Chop Shop. We are your cinema mechanics, Brett Mosier and Travis Santana, and today we'll be doing a special edition review of 2022's Prey. We'll jump into Five Point Inspection with Back to Basics, Language Barrier, Hocus Focus, Lightspeed, and Callback. A band of Comanche warriors are hunted by a mysterious force with a propensity to punch down worse than Jake Paul. Second time I've made fun of Jake Paul in one of these openings. I'm proud of that. Am I punching down by making fun of Jake Paul? I don't know, probably. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Can we talk about that though? Predators? In general? I just, I don't understand. They like to punch down, right? I mean, you're invisible, you have special technology. I get in this one, I think it's like the first time they're on Earth, they're trying to find what the, the best predator is, but I'm like, you fucking killed a bear that couldn't see you. Like, big fuck, like when he fights the wolf. I mean, like, the, it's a cool when he scene, kills a but snake. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, that was not the best Earth has to offer, okay, asshole? <laughs> so. Yeah, you know what, though? The only thing that I will give this movie, because, yeah, he punches down the whole time, but I almost, this time around, I almost got a little bit of character development. Let me go way back, Brett. Was it Halo Ooh. 2 or Halo 3 that we created the Predator game, mini game within? Halo 3. Halo 3. Because that was the first one that allowed you to have Forge. Yeah. So in Forge mode, briefly, we would make... Uh, our best approximation of a jungle and one person in the match would be the predator. He'd be invisible with the sword. And you say that the predator punches down, but Brett, we were always thrilled when we got to be the one that was the predator and we took zero <laughs> mercy on anybody else. I kind of respect the predator in this movie when he is getting his ass beat by, oh God, I'm gonna do a terrible job with the names of this movie. The, the brother character, what was his name? Tobby. Uh huh. Tobby is just lighting the Predator's ass up. And I thought that was actually a really good scene. And the Predator does what I would have done. Fuck this. I'm going back to invisibility so I can be overpowered <laughs> as fuck and get a cheap kill on you. So I don't know if I'd like that for my dramatic film, but I could at least identify with the Predator on that. Like, yeah, fuck honor. I I'm using all my technology again to get the upper hand. <laughs> I just like, he's fighting a bunch of French trappers out there and it's like, they've got muskets and he's like, you know what? I'm going to pull up my freaking hovering grenades. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> like, yeah. Who's going to win that fight? <laughs> yeah. And I've always heard that this is like an interesting, like how humans will go out and get in tree stands and use AR 15s to hunt a deer. But yeah, there's just something about those fur trappers shooting him with a musket like five feet away and then him just pulling out his his retractable shield and kind of just standing there for an uncomfortable amount of time. Just like, yeah, this is this is all you got. Like, yeah, motherfucker, it's it's 1714. This is all we have. Well, I even think the movie is self-aware in that, too, because at the beginning when they're going to hunt the the mountain lion, the one 
the one warrior says he goes we're hunters we don't just sit and wait and it's like oh he's yeah he's calling the predator a bitch <laughs> he's doing i'm not gonna sit here with invisibility and, and just kind of take you down like no i'm we're gonna we're gonna actually fight granted he then in 30 seconds later gets his ass completely ripped apart by a mountain lion but <laughs> at least at least he has he gets a, a good shot at the predator verbally <laughs> And yeah, it is interesting, again, keeping with like this predator seeming to be kind of a petty son of a bitch. The the Comanche warrior that stabs him in his foot, he then goes to the trouble to cut both of his legs off Anakin Skywalker style and then screams in his face to taunt him. And then the trapper who used the net to trap the predator, he's like, oh, that's a nice net. Now let me show you mine. It grinds him into like the, the tree stump or whatever. So yeah, this predator is petty as fuck. Pettiter. He's a pettiter. <laughs> what, uh, we're bouncing all around. If this fits with one of your five points, let me know. It, it might fit with Lightspeed, but what did you think about the character design of this Predator? Okay, so I loved it until it took its skull helmet, because you know I have a thing for skulls. Uh, its skull helmet was fucking badass. Then when they showed, like, its weird malformed head... So this was my theory, and I'm, I'm glad we're kind of getting into this a little bit. Like, I liked the design of the Predator. I did. My theory on this Predator was that this is essentially the one, like, they send down to a planet to see if it's worthy of another Predator to actually come and hunt on it. And that's the kind of the, the feeling I got. Like, it's a primal Predator. It's like, I'd say it's a it's a low class predator. It's like they're not going to give it all the super souped out weapons and stuff like that, but they're going to give it a decent assortment. And basically, that's if it dies. Okay, we know we this can be a, a predator hunting ground. If it doesn't, then this planet is too primitive for us, and we'll move on to something else. So that's kind of the vibe I got from it. So when I put that perspective, I'm like, okay, it it looking a little bit like I don't I don't know how I want to describe it. Like its head looked like almost again primal right it didn't look as developed as the printers we've seen in every other series so and when i did that, i was like okay that make it makes sense because even his helmet like at a certain point i didn't even understand how he was seeing heat vision because i couldn't see where the eyes were but i'm like i'll give it it's you know whatever it's doing here because i was very surprised that we never saw the motion um vision because that was a big thing in the original part like there a predator's vision is dog shit without the helmet because it can only see motion i was like oh i was very surprised we, they didn't resort back to that at all where we saw the motion but eh, i didn't have a problem with it i was just surprised uh so I did what did not, you think of the design i didn't like it i i thought they fucked up his dreadlocks i didn't think the hair looked as good um it's very thin yeah they yeah, thinned out i didn't i didn't really like the bone mass because to your point number one the first predator from 87 that character design is Absolutely perfect. I love the mask. I love what he looks like without his mask. I love the hair. Um, the only thing I thought was kind of dumb is I I get what you're saying. What you're saying makes more sense. You know, this is kind of the... You didn't download any of the DLC with this Predator. This is just from mm -hmm. the factory, the way it ships. But I thought they were trying to go with like a he's going to meet them at their level of technology but that's not consistent at all. Like he's shooting at one mm. point, like, I mean, almost like rocks with like ropes attached to them. But then he's also, to your point, using the floating landmines. I might, 
if they if they had done a scene where you know he arrives on the planet, sees what tech they're working with, and then he goes into his ship and like goes to the Stone Age section of his arsenal, okay. But the movie doesn't have any consistency with the tech that the Predator wants to use. And like I said, when it's convenient for him to use the tech and save his ass, he does. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish they would have gone so, full primal predator with minimal technology use if you're going to literally have him wearing a stone or a, a, a skull for a, a face mask. So, with the kind of when I called this a feral episode, that was a nod to apparently this is the name of this type or species of predator is a feral predator. So, uh, I didn't read into any more than that what it means, but like I said, in my my mind, when he gets dropped off and then all the ships, you know. Because you still have the spaceship that hovers. I'm like, okay, I, like, would their technology have gone that more, much more advanced in 300 years when he, they're fighting Dutch and all that? And I'm like, I guess possibly, like, what do I think our technology will look like in 300 years? But at the same time, to me, it was still, my mindset was, this is like a proto, a proto predator that they do, they throw down to see if this planet is worthy of being a hunting ground. And, and I like that take. I think it does the best job of explaining what's here. But to your point, I don't know what their advance in technology is in 300 years, but in 1700, they have light speed travel. So I'm like, they're, they're pretty technologically <laughs> advanced to kind of be wearing bone helmets too. So again, I, I don't think they had a, a super clear vision of that. They didn't quite lock that down, but it's, it's a pretty minor complaint. But see, I think the bone helmet is just as, as a cosmetic DLC because it still has the technology, the three lights in it. And that's basically, that's how it determines where that, you know, the weird metal spear thing goes. So I think the bone thing is a, I think that's a cosmetic choice. I don't think that's, I don't think it's a primitive bone helmet. I think that's just its thing. Yeah, it's just, I guess it, it's a certain motif though, you know? Yeah. So. Um, before we get too much further into five points, what is your quick diagnostic? I'd, I'd love oh, to start there. Point, what yeah. did you... Yeah, what did you think of the movie? Uh, it, it's weird. This is a bonus episode, but this is going to play very much into nostalgia. Um, I 1987's Predator is one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't think of another franchise who has squandered <laughs> the potential of a character more than this fucking franchise. <laughs> um yeah, every time one of these comes out, I go in hoping that I'll feel just a sliver of what I felt when I watched the, the Schwarzenegger one the first time. This one, I would put it neck and neck with Predators, the uh, Nimrod Intel. I think 2016 is when that came out. Might have been even mm -hmm. earlier. Um, I'd put it neck and neck with that. Um, I... I can acknowledge and appreciate everything this movie does. It's it's beautiful to look at. I love the, the filming locations. Um, Amber Mid-Thunder, I had never heard of her before this movie. I thought she does a phenomenal job. Um, all the Comanches. I like how the Comanches are not just cannon fodder. Like, they all are mm -hmm. fight good fighters in their own, right? Obviously, the overpowered Predator is still going to beat them. I just didn't love this movie. I think part of it is... I really wish this was a theatrical release. I think some of the ambiance of the movie is just lost watching it at home because I, I hate to admit it, but at times I was kind of like picking up my phone a little bit. Um, so I'd like so, it. I didn't love it. So I'll give you my opinion in a second. Do you know why it went straight to Hulu? 
I read an article about this. Uh, I have. I'm assuming it's because of the the Fox Disney acquisition. Does that have something yes. to do with it? So apparently, my understanding, reading the article, was essentially this was one of like 20 or so movies that had already been started production when Disney bought Fox, right? And Fox they acquired the entertainment entertainment side of Fox. Well, before that, Fox had a deal with Warner Brothers Media that all of their theatrical releases would then go to HBO for streaming or for distribution, you know, after that. So essentially what happened is that there was a contract grandfathered in that if Disney, with Fox, owning Fox now, released this movie into theaters, as soon as it left theaters, it would immediately go to HBO Max, not to Disney Plus or Hulu, which Disney has a majority stake in. So rather than Disney releasing it and making theater money and then having to give it to their competitor to stream it for until that agreement was up, Disney just went straight to streaming and gave two middle figures to Warner Brothers. <laughs> so that is my understanding as to why. Because I thought the same thing. Like, this movie should have been released in theaters. But the reason why was Disney was basically like, we'll rather, we would rather eat the, the potential profit that we would have made in theaters so that you can't stream it. <laughs> and I mean, the whole HBO Max situation is kind of in the news already. I just hate that this is where we're at with with filmmaking and art it's people would rather kind of cut off their own nose to spite their face rather than give this the true representation on screen that it needs from who I think it seems to be an up and coming director. I, I know he's only done this in 10 Cloverfield lane, but he's got a good eye. Um, but yeah, I think part of my coldness on this movie is there's still just, we, the first year we did this podcast was the big year of all the HBO Max stuff going to the streamer mm -hmm. uh, at the same time as the theater, if it went to the theater at all. And I think we always talked about how it just, it puts a certain level of griminess on the movie. Like, I don't take it as seriously because it's a streamer. And and that's a personal bias of mine that I'll have to get over because apparently this is how things are going to be done going forward. But yeah, I, it took the movie down a notch for me. Yeah. So, my opinion of the movie is, and granted, I have not seen Predator, so I don't know if I can agree if it's neck and neck with that, because I gave up on the Predator franchise, I think, with Alien vs. Predator, is when I was like, fuck this, <laughs> I'm done. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was, you know, we'll, we'll get into the, the five points with, like, back to basics and stuff like that, but I, I've, I, didn't, I don't think it is... Here, here's the problem. If you're going into this, I hope that you didn't watch the movie because you've seen all of the like sizzle words and all that shit where like Forbes is like, oh, it's perfect is the word they use. I'm like, it's not. It's not a perfect film. It's not the the. it might be the best since the original Predator. I think that's debatable. It's not better than the original Predator because that was the interesting thing is after I watched it with with my wife and she goes, well, which one do you think is better? And I'm like, that's, I mean, I'm, if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm like, I'd rather watch 1987's Predator. I'm like, that movie doesn't have any character development, which I think this might be the only thing that Prey kind of has over the original Predator is there is a certain, they sacrifice, the, the movie starts out a little slow to me and they, they kind of build up, but that's because now we actually have a, a character arc with, with the main uh, actress. 
as opposed to the original Predator, it's an 80s movie. It's basically a bunch of jack dudes go into the jungle and fight an invisible alien. Like, that's the fucking movie. Like, there's nothing more to it. It's fucking great, but there is no character development in that movie. Like, I at some point, I'm like, I can't say tell if you can say Dutch trying to save the woman is character development, because I don't think he was an asshole before that. I think he was still a good dude, so it was just like, there's... <laughs> There's no character development. It's just to get a bunch of like gigantic jack dudes in a jungle fighting a jacked alien. <laughs> That's the premise of the movie. So, um, well, also though, I that, give it a little more credit because it also is. Again, I think why you'll never replicate what the first Predator did is because for 30 minutes, you think that the apex Predator of the jungle is Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's always the apex Predator in whatever movie he's in. Mm. And then you have the reveal of like, oh, shit, no, there's a seven foot tall dreadlocked alien. So you'll never be able to recapture that. But yeah, the, the characters start here and, and stay here. There, there's no development to it. Mainly because most of them die, so they don't really have an opportunity to develop. But with that said... <laughs> <laughs> um i just and the, the 1987 i mean the predator is it's just incredibly iconic i mean even the at this point we're going to start kind of i think diving into five points even accidentally but some of the classic lines like you know get to the chop or you know if it bleeds we can kill it like i did and one of the five points is callback i did think this movie probably did one of the best jobs definitely in recent memory if not you know close to all time of honoring the original content and calling back without it being over the top or ridiculous like when he says when she falls in the mud like i told kayla because i don't think she's seen but i'm like oh it's the mud like this is the i bet you the final scene's gonna happen here like i thought that was interesting that they flipped it that it wasn't her in mud hiding from the alien it was still a you know they fought in in that setting with all the traps that she created for the predator but the predator was the one that wound up in the mud but oh i was like you know oh she's in the mud that's a big deal um the if it bleeds we can kill it like i i had such a shooting grin on my face when he says that when uh, uh she heals that tracker and he's laying there mm -hmm. and his his body is cold i was like are they gonna go to the trouble of because you remember arnold that clunky ass line in 87's predator he's like, he can't see me. And we're like, we we know, Arnold. I didn't need you to tell me that extra bit. I was like, will they have her speak aloud? And they did. And I, I kind of loved and hated that. But definitely a callback. The, uh, which apparently this has created some weird plot holes or lore issues, but I still loved it because I'm not super invested in the Predator lore. But the fucking pistol, as soon as he the was it waxed mustache gave her the pistol i was like oh and kate goes well i'm like that's gonna be the pistol from fucking predator 2 i was like i was like it's so cool that they so they found a way to make that make sense i'm like i don't know where they're gonna go with this or how they're gonna loop it into why a predator has it at the end of predator 2 and gives it to danny glover but i love that it's in this movie <laughs> like it's a subtle nod that doesn't mean anything unless you've seen predator 2 <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess that kind of implies, and then like with the cave painting at the end, that you know, predators come back and wipe out the, this tribe of Comanches. I don't know if that is what that means because the end of Predator Two implies that if you kill one of their own, like you get a mark of like, hey, 
you did it. And that's why I go back to my whole theory that that's the proto-predator to prove that, oh, this is a, this this is worthy of battlegrounds. So I don't think it's going to be a group of predators hunts and murders them out. I think you're going to now get a real predator. She's going to have to go up against that. And that's the question is like, how does the predator get that pistol? Does she give it to them as a as a token of honor? Like, hey, y'all are dope. Like, it, there's a lot of directions they can go with this, but I still, I don't think it's going to be an army. Of, she has to fight an army. I hope to God it's not. She has to fight an army of predators because that's going to be real fucking stupid if that's what they do. But, um, yeah, I just think this movie did a great job of actually, like, callback it's a prequel with callbacks to the original movies i was like it did a great job of doing all of that well and i'll even go a step further my favorite one i thought was a little more subtle after the predator attacks the bear and the bear gets killed Mm -hmm. right in front of her and she like scrambles and like jumps into the river to get away i thought that was a nice homage to when arnold you know finds the the one water slide in the middle of the jungle and then uh, falls down in that yeah. lake. I thought that was a nice callback, but it was so beautifully shot. That shot of her like floating down the river and the cameras pulled back really far and you're just experiencing nature. I, I thought that was beautiful. So speaking of the way it's shot, let's talk about Hocus Focus. I thought this movie did a fantastic job of creating a lot of tension with depth of field where the character would be in the, the 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 focus and then all of a sudden the background is the focus and like i am expecting i don't know what to pop out but it's like it's just it's just you as the audience knows it's out there somewhere and it, it does that a lot throughout this movie where they play with a lot of depth of field to create tension because you do know it's like the predator is invisible so for all i know the predator could be standing right behind this dude but instead we focus on the woods and then we don't focus on the woods i'm like there's so much of that in this movie where i think they do a great great job of creating tension with nothing more than how they choose to focus the the scene yeah and i mean i don't know what the budget for this movie was i'm I'm assuming it was pretty small but even like subtle stuff where uh like when uh naru i believe is is the main lady's name Mm -hmm. i think so yeah when she's running through the field with uh, another comanche and uh one of the comanche warriors gets killed and like blood sprays everywhere she's still the focus in the foreground but in the background you can kind of just see what is the invisible predator but he's covered in some of his blood but you can't really make it out other than the fact you know that's the predator and you know it's just kind of a bloody silhouette. And it was just so intimidating. And it's a good way to shoot it where you don't have to spend a ton of money on CGI as well. But it's so effective still. Hmm. Well, and even that when the movie started, I was not sure what level of gore we were going to get with this movie. And I thought the way they shot a lot of the violence in this was really well done because it could have easily been 80s style or even like a uh, a Tarantino, like just blood squirting everywhere. When someone gets their arm cut off, it's just like gruesome or like, oh, let's disembowel somebody. But I'm like, I thought a lot of the gore was and then the violence was very tastefully done. Like even when he like <laughs> slits the wolf's back and pulls its spine and head off, I'm like, 
it was well done the way that they did that. Like I, it didn't feel like it was over the top, but it, it felt very authentic. And it, like, I didn't feel queasy or like, Oh God, like Jesus Christ or anything like that. Like a, a lot of like when someone would get decapitated again, that would be out of focus where it's like, okay, I know what's happening. I don't need to see any, the, the grotesqueness of the, the violence here. So, I mean, I, uh, I did. I, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was an interesting, again, I think it was uh, unintentional, or maybe it was intentional callback, but, you know, in the original Predator, you walk in and the men have been skinned in the middle of the jungle, and then in this one, when it's the field of buffalo that have been skinned by the trappers, and I was like, oh, at first I'm like, oh man, the Predator is such, like, why would it do this? And then you're like, oh, it's not the Predator that did this. This was this was humans who went and skinned all of these animals and like, Oh man, that adds kind of another level to, to what we're talking about here. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. You say that I had an eye roll moment. I was like, please don't beat me over the head with the, well, the true evil is actually man. Mm -hmm. That motif is so overdone. I like that. They kind of just let that speak for itself. They didn't have a bunch of shitty inserted dialogue, you know, because, I mean, ultimately, the Comanche people should be more afraid of the white traders than they ultimately are of the Predator. But the movie doesn't hammer that point home. There's just a couple quick drop lines. And, and we move on. Mm hmm. So here, well, here's I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Well, I want you mentioned the character arc uh, of our main character, Nauru. You said it like you really liked her growth in this movie. Is that is that a fair assessment? It was just that it was growth. Not necessarily. I mean, it was. I'm not gonna say it was super deep. It was. It was a pretty generic arc where it's like I have to prove myself. Like I can be a warrior, and then I do think it's interesting. We start the movie with how accurate she is with the tomahawk that she's able to throw it an X into a tree. But then anytime we establish if it's a moving target, she is fucking dog shit. Like she couldn't hit a moving target to save her life because it's like the deer. We don't really get an opportunity. The the rabbit she misses over and over again, which it's cool because it sets up the, you know, the leashed tomahawk, which made me think of like Scorpion from yes. from Mortal Kombat, which is fucking badass. Um, apparently major disrespect was done when she leashed her weapon, though, because the other Comanche warrior basically, you know, talked but you leashed your weapon, you fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> his disdain for that. Like, hey, brother, yeah, she, like, she's uh, just she inventing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she made it better, asshole. <laughs> like, what is your problem? The only um, thing I didn't like about her arc, because, yeah, when you explain it, it, it works, but there were one too many times where she conveniently gets out of situations because other people show up. I thought that trope just happened a few times too many times for for my sensibility but i guess in a way that's no different than a lot of these types of action movies where characters are kind of bailed out at the last second so other people mm. can get killed by the predator first like how many times is it you know she's not viewed as a threat anymore because her foot's in the in the trap or her brother's there and i'm just like okay or the bear's there or the dog bails her out which the dog I love I love the Mad Max vibes I got off of her relationship with the dog. Very much uh, the road warrior esque, where she survives in this world through the companionships of, of that dog, and and it survives through the, her companionship. I liked I liked all their interplay. 
I, I agree. It also created the most tension in the movie because every time the dog was on screen, I'm like, God, is that dog going to get killed? They're going to fucking kill the dog. They're going to do it, aren't they? Oh, no, the dog lived. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, this is it. This is the scene where they're going to kill the dog. Oh, no, they didn't kill the dog. Okay, cool, cool. They're going to do it in the sequel. The dog's going to die in like the first 15 minutes of the movie, and that's what's going to set. It's going to be a fucking John Wick situation, and that's why she's going to go and just fucking wreck shop on Predators because they kill her dog. Yeah, I was sitting there as the biggest hypocrite in the world. I was like, you better not kill that fucking dog. But as the man who killed the Grinch's dog in, in a chop shop <laughs> that I did. So <laughs> it's one thing to describe um, and it's another thing to see it on screen. But yeah, I think that goes a lot of what they were doing with the movie is how no one saw her as a threat. No one saw her as a threat. And then the more the movie develops, the more you realize that she is a threat. She is the the predator and the predator becomes the prey because there's the interesting scene where they finally establish that her and the predator are kind of on equal grounds and that's when the predator is in the field fighting the trappers and just destroying it and that's spliced with her in the trappers camp basically doing the same moves beating the shit out of the people that were you know holding her dog captain that's like okay she does she does have the warrior skill that she needs to do this and that's again it's it happens very quickly. Um, <clears throat> sorry. But they do, I think, establish that, okay, you know, the, the skill up in the video game, as you would say. Like, okay, this is where she unlocked her skill tree and decided which branch she's going down. Yeah, you know, so the more I talk through it, I, I actually, I do, I think her arc works. Yeah. Like I said, it is not the best movie in the world, by all means, but it, it did make me... I'm like, okay, maybe we can finally start getting some good Predator movies again. It's what it's like. It to me, Prey is to Predator as The Force Awakens was to Star Wars. It's like, okay, this is the movie that's telling me we're going to get it back on track. Now, what I'm hoping is the next Predator movie is not the Last Jedi of, <laughs> of Predator, where I'm just like, oh, nope, we decided to go ahead and just fuck it up again. Uh, well, I mean, there are rumors that J.J. Abrams is going to direct the sequel to Prey, but then they're going to give it to a different director for the third movie because that that's how you oh, tell okay. stories. Yeah. Well, they'll give the other director will direct the first half of it and then J.J. will come in and take the back half of the movie. So and then he'll have to cram in everything he wanted in the first half of it that he didn't do because he passed it on. And then the property will get bought by another company who will say, fuck you and put it on stream only. Because, again, that's that's how these creative endeavors should go. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. Um, so we kind of talked back to the basics. I, I don't think we need to, to highlight more. A lot of what we've talked about is like it just it, it very much felt like back to the original. It's if you made the Predator today is what I feel like Prey is. So it is still one of those just same nostalgia thing. Like I would still rather watch the 1987 Predator. I would maybe argue I, I think there could be an argument that this might be the better movie because there i think there is a little bit of character de development um and maybe even the way it's shot is the cinematography might be a little bit better i would still rather watch the original predator though i mean this is basically just a modern this is a 2020s take on a 1987 movie um but the last thing i really wanted to talk about was language barrier and this is simply just i thought it was super super cool that they 
when she's in the trader camp that they spoke French and that at no point, yes, mustache wax was a little lazy. Like I trained in a lot of languages. I'm like, who the fuck taught you Comanche? Like, like suspension. Oh, yeah, disbelief. I guess that is true. There's He's a, not speaking who, English technically there. Yeah. It's like, suspension it's about a fucking extraterrestrial alien that can be invisible but i'm like who taught you comanche all right i want to know so that you can communicate with her i'm like that's one of those where i'm like okay i get it for the mechanic of what they need in this movie i think it's cool that everyone doesn't speak english at the same time this seems weird that this guy speaks perfect comanche (laughs) Yeah, and I think you could have easily done that just through visual representation. It's pretty evident what he needs, which is mm-hmm. somebody to tend to that fucking nub of a leg he's got. Uh, and I think you could convey, hey, I'll teach you how to use this gun without words. I thought, I love that there's a, a whole Comanche actual dub of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I can't say that I'll ever go back and watch it in that dub, but... It feels good. I know it's cliche and, you know, some people might roll their eyes, but it's good to see this level of representation in a in a pretty big budget movie. Both the actors that they chose and the fact that they would have the level of care to do a whole dub in, in their native tongue. Oh, you mean that the movie's about Native Americans and they didn't just, you know, uh, cast a bunch of Italians or Puerto Ricans and call them Native Americans like they actually casted native americans for the movie well do you know who originally was going to play the brother no who? it was not it was not a native american actor it was tom cruise and it was going to be the last comanche thankfully they scrapped that he was too busy with are you Top telling Gun me Maverick. that yeah they dream of a unified comanche yeah i mean again early versions of the script brett they're out there <laughs> isn't it incredible how far we've come that we literally worked at the movie theater when they thought it was a good idea for tom cruise to be the last samurai i mean i guess technically the white ken, savior ken watanabe was the last samurai but uh yeah the, the white savior dances with wolves motif so yeah it's good that we finally gotten away from that <laughs> well one movie let's not what? it's not a trend yeah. yet we there's we've got one movie where we didn't do that matt damon did play <laughs> in the great wall within like the last five years so <laughs> so yes there's we have one movie so uh but yeah i mean that's i think that's a lot of the the five points like, i i thought this was a, a a breath of fresh air for the predator franchise which good lord again has been what a what they just don't know what the hell they're doing with it so uh i think we have a couple of our we don't have blue buck obviously because this went straight to streaming so we don't have any any numbers on it but i do have a tag and title for you you want to do some tag and title absolutely all right here you go Travis, I'm going to give you three taglines. One is an original tagline for this film. One is a tagline for a movie I found adjacent. And one is a tagline I created myself. What I need you to do is tell me what the original tagline for this movie is. Are you ready? I'm ready. A Netflix film. The Hunt Begins. Original film only on Hulu. I mean, I know it's not the Netflix one, so I, I'm interested in what you're doing there. 
Uh, the Hunt Begins is definitely the tagline for this movie. Uh, what'd you say, streaming now on Hulu? Original film only on Hulu. I'm pretty sure The Hunt Begins is a tagline for this. Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're going for this week, Fred. I'm gonna say The Hunt Begins is actually a tagline. The Hulu thing is just another movie that has released exclusively on Hulu. And Netflix is, is at red notice. I... So here we go, Travis. Is, is all these, those your final answers? Yeah, you did not go in the direction I thought you were going at all. So it, it's really thrown me off. So you're not, you weren't expecting me to make a commentary about how I hope to God that these fucking straight to streaming releases aren't going to be lazy pieces of shit and that they don't create taglines for them because they're going straight to streaming. You didn't think I was going to go that route because the tagline for this movie is original film only on Hulu. The hunt begins is actually Um, not a tagline. The hunt begins. I created because it was as lazy as I could be about this, but I felt was better than original film only on Hulu. And a Netflix film was 2021's Prey. Wow. Well, I, don't so, even, I don't even know what that is. Neither do I. It was a Netflix film. <laughs> it, and that's why I don't know what it is. Uh, so, yes. Uh, all I'm trying to say here, Travis, is I hope to God this is not going to be a future trend where if we're releasing it straight to streaming, we decide that a movie doesn't actually need a tagline because taglines are fun. And I feel like it's an integral part of the movie experience. So I really don't want to. I feel like even direct to video movies got taglines. All right. And I just don't want this to be a new thing where anytime they put their stuff straight to their streaming service. All we get is an original film on insert streaming service here. Yeah, and you know what? It really is a shame, too, because I think that's another result of the death of physical media. Because, you know, I used to love as a kid being in the video store and you would see the box art of a movie and you would see the title and you wouldn't quite know. But that that perfect tagline comes up. Uh, It's not from when I was a kid, but I'm thinking like if No Country for Old Men released directly to Hulu today and you remove the tagline, there are no clean getaways, that Mm -hmm. makes the movie lesser. I know it shouldn't because technically that is not, you're not going to see those words in the movie, but it just does such a good job of getting you in the mood. Like, okay, this is going to be a dark tale of somebody trying to escape their fate and they probably won't be able to. Boom, and we're off to the races. I hear a Hulu exclusive and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I agree. It's all about, hey, we have an IP. We're hoping you'll go to our streaming service. And I'm like, again, I just don't want that to be what it, I mean, because with Red Notice, I don't even, I don't remember if Red Notice, no, Red Notice had had some, some taglines. Uh, but I hope it doesn't just wind up being, like if you look at the poster for this movie, it is from the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, 20th Century Fox Studios, Prey, original film august 5th only on hulu that is the on top of a poster granted they did put the dog on the poster it's small but he is fucking there and i will say since this is a bonus episode i feel a little more comfortable doing it but i mentioned earlier about the hbo max drama uh i'm sure you saw they just said we're not going to release batgirl even though we spent 70 million dollars on it we'll just write it off for production 
Yeah, they completely concluded production and were like, nah, we're not going to do anything with it. <laughs> so you, did you hear did you hear why? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. It was testing poorly. I also heard <laughs> Black Adam had the same scores. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Which I texted you when I watched the Black Adam trailer. And I was like, this looks terrible. This and we had bets. We said this was going to be the movie that determined if The Rock should stop acting and just go for political office or if he still had it or not. So we'll see when that comes out. But it looks awful. Well, furthermore, the the new, I guess, CEO over at uh, Time Warner, HBO. Discovery. Discovery. I think it's yeah. Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. His logic is that it was... It was not expensive enough to be a theatrical release, but it was not cheap enough to be a streaming release. Um, from a pure commerce perspective, I hate the motivation, but the one thing that he and I agree on is he said his his statement is if we release stuff theatrically, there'll be more demand for it when it goes on the streamer. So we should be aiming to make big theatrical productions that eventually end up on our streamer but gain that prestige of having a theatrical release. So I'm hoping that that leads to more quality theatrical releases because it's not just get eyes on the streamer. We'll get more eyes on the streamer if it feels like a quote unquote real movie. So I don't, I don't like mm. the motivation behind that because it's purely commerce, but at least it might lead to something like Prey hitting theaters the next time around. Well, again, the reason Prey didn't hit the theater this time was not because it was because they did not want to give it to Discovery. Right. Like, it's, it's what I'm saying, can... though. Like, yeah, going forward, maybe that that yeah. shifts. But it's a shame this movie was a casualty of that. I mean, I guess the people at Batgirl mm -hmm. like, hey, fuck you. At least you still got to see it. But yeah, I'm interested to see what the other movies that disney has that fox started that this is also going to be an issue with because it'll be interesting to see what other titles are going to go straight to hulu because uh they don't want to let discovery and hbo have an ac have access to it first i guess it's the same reason that what was it free guy free guy also i think went to like netflix or something like that instead of straight to hulu or disney plus is because they had to honor a contract that fox had already made yeah, that's why it's show business, folks. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, what are we moving on to now? I think all we have is a new segment, a little experimental segment. All right. So, bear with us, people. We're testing something out. We're calling it aftermarket. So. Here at the Hollywood Chop Shop, typically in a normal episode, we would one of us would go and change this movie into a, a different genre. Would you have classified this as horror? I guess this will be relevant for what we're doing. Where, where do you put the blockbuster? We have horror, blockbuster, Oscar bait, miniseries, comedy, family friendly, and sci-fi. I would guess like sci-fi horror. Okay. Pick one because I don't want to take two out. I'll say horror. I would, I would say horror. Yeah, I, I feel like the Predator is more of a monster than a sci-fi creature. So uh, the way that it's used. So with that said, we wanted to keep in the spirit of Chop Shop. Uh, so what we're going to do is it's called Aftermarket. 
we have six categories here actor director setting score writer and release so release is kind of the year it was released uh if, if that's relevant you can choose it but what we're gonna do rapid fire we don't know what we're gonna get we're gonna spin the wheel of destiny both me and travis we're gonna get a new genre we have to turn this movie into and we're only allowed to use two of those categories to do it so what would we do using any of those categories we want but only two to change it into the new genre. Travis, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, we're breaking new ground here either way, so up to you. All right, you go first. I thought you froze for a second. I panicked. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll go first. <laughs> all right, so I've spun the Wheel of Destiny. That's fucking horse shit. Um, all right, you got sci-fi. So you have to turn Predator, or sorry, you have to turn Prey into a sci-fi movie using only two of the following actor director setting score writer and release okay setting uh this will be a, a blatant ripoff but you haven't seen what i'm ripping off so maybe it'll sound fresher to you um instead of the predator hunting on this ground he they capture a good cross section of Comanche and French trappers and transport them to some sort of game planet uh, that's not Earth. Uh, so that way we could have a little bit of uh, fish out of water sci-fi stuff with these Comanches being on this futuristic space transport ship as prisoners. Okay. Um, and then you said release, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, you, you mean so release think, in the sense of the year of release, right? However you want to do that. I think originally when we talked about it, it was going to be like, do you release it in a different year? Would that help you, you know, field a genre? Or even then, like, okay, if you release this in the 80s, how does that change how the sci-fi would be approached? Uh, well, this is going to be a total cop-out because um, I'm going to change the definition of release. And, again, low-hanging fruit. Theater. I make sure this is a theatrical release because I just that so much is lost. You know, I I've got a nice TV, but nothing's ever going to compare to the big screen. I think that makes sense. I mean, because I mean, if you think blockbuster, that'd be the easiest way to make something into a blockbuster is if it was a streaming movie and you want to turn it into a, a theatrical release. OK, good deal. So that's how you would very quickly turn this into a sci fi romp all right so by the way i just stole I the plot line from predators by the way because i'm aware of what the plot line for oh, predators okay, okay, was okay. so yeah oh i got blockbuster all righty if i wanted to turn this into a blockbuster film i think the first thing i would do is change the director i think i would go with a michael bay who are you thinking james cameron yeah, but he's aliens. I don't feel like I want to give him Predator 2. Yeah, but I'm also thinking like I think Avatar. Like he loves to build okay. these elaborate worlds. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, so I'm going to go... You know what? Fuck it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a tag team here. I'm going to give it to Christopher Nolan as the director... And then the score, I'm going to have Hans Zimmer do the score. And I think that would turn this motherfucker into a blockbuster real quick. Yeah, I don't... Was was there a score for this score, movie? Yeah, there was a score. It was good. I mean, I I, I noticed it. It was, it was good. 
wasn't okay. anything to write home about, but you get you get some Christopher Nolan and some Hans Zimmer, and you're going to turn this into into a, a hell of a blockbuster. And I'll you know that's what? a dynamic duo right there. I'll uh, I'll I'll piggyback on yours and give a bonus. Have it be directed by Michael Mann with the same person who did the score for Last of the Mohicans. Okay. I think we're kind of but it's in told the through same the perspective place. of the Predator. So it's the last. But it's, of the but it's, it's got to be gritty, though. Well, yeah, but heartfelt too, because like it's actually this predator is on this planet trying to save his family by finding the apex of Earth. That's the side we don't see. Maybe going back to the Goonies, let's have a little class warfare introduced as well, like a sociopolitical. Oh, absolutely. Okay, I like that. Well, yeah, the predators that are flying the spaceship are the high, the, the high predators, you know, and the, he's just a lowly predator. I like that. Okay, so yeah, class warfare, heartfelt, gritty, Hans Zimmer score. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Hulu original will be the tagline still, though. <laughs> well, yeah, the first half of the movie is on Hulu, but then as some kind of weird joint presser, the other half of the movie is actually on Netflix. So you have to have both in order to watch it. You know, it's hilarious. I was listening to uh, another podcast and one of the hosts was talking about the fact that he got an email uh, from, I think, one of his, I think, HBO Max. It was like, hey, catch up with your friends from Hogwarts one last time because Harry Potter's leaving the streaming service. And then the next day he got an email from Peacock being like, hey, surprise, we're about to have Harry Potter. And he was just like, this is a boring, boring dystopia. Dude, it's just move the nut. It's just move the nut. (laughs) Choo choo. What's the next stop for Harry Potter? Oh, boy. Yeah. And that's why if I love a movie enough, I just fucking buy the thing. And then I don't have to worry about where it's streaming. So it's one of those things where anybody's like, why do you still buy DVDs? I'm like, for this very reason right here, because I don't want to have to worry. If this is a movie I know that I love and I want to go back to, I don't want to worry about Googling where is it streaming? Because sometimes it's not even where is it streaming for free. Sometimes it's just where is it streaming anywhere? Can I find this movie somewhere? Yeah, Vanishing Point, I think a perfect example. Mm-hmm. So, alrighty, sir. Well, I think that about wraps us up for this special edition episode of Hollywood Chop Shop. I think it was a fun little aftermarket. Maybe we can start doing some of those just uh, on our own, just maybe on the Instagram feed or something like that. We can do some some quick aftermarket segments. But, uh, yeah, I think that about does it. Do you have any final words for us? I'm smarter than a beaver. If it bleeds, we can kill it. 